Hello everyone and welcome again to another Teacher Joseph podcast. Well, today we're going to be talking about motivation, but just before we do that, uh, I just want to introduce a new verb for you, and that is the verb to dunk, to dunk. And the verb to dunk uh, basically means when you take your donut or biscuits or sweet treat from the coffee shop and you dip it into your coffee or tea. Now, here in the UK, dunking is considered by some people to be extremely rude, okay? So we ask each other, British people, we often say to each other, do you dunk? (laughs) We're just very curious about it. We are aware that some cultures in the world uh, love to dunk their biscuits or pastries into coffee or tea. In British culture, it's a really controversial thing. My personal feeling is that it's absolutely ghastly. Ghastly just means horrible, okay? Um, when I do see people dunking, I think, oh, that's awful, because usually they have to break up the biscuit or the pastry and it makes a big mess. And then they put it into the coffee, they dunk it, and it looks wet. It's, ooh, ghastly. I wouldn't do it. I might be persuaded to do it at home if nobody's watching me, but I definitely wouldn't do it in public. So if you are here in the UK and you start dunking in the local coffee shop, don't be surprised if you get some strange looks from other people. It really depends on uh, the person, but yeah, it's, it's not always something which other people like to see. It's a little bit like breastfeeding. You know, if you go into a coffee shop here in the UK, uh, some of them, I'm not sure about now, but around 10 years ago, they started putting up signs saying no breastfeeding so that women couldn't just, you know, bring out the breast and start milking their child, uh, that also was an extremely controversial practice, which many people thought was ghastly. It remains quite controversial. It's one of those things which many people just don't want to see. And there's been a lot of discussions about that in the media. Anyway, getting back to dunking, uh, you may know there's a very famous chain of American coffee shops called Dunkin' Donuts. And they've simply used the verb dunk. They've taken the participle, dunking, and then to make it sound more colloquial, they've removed the G. So it becomes Dunkin' Donuts. And uh, yeah, it's... um, It's a very famous brand. I'm not sure if it's still around. I know the ones around here have closed, but I'm sure you've heard of it, Dunkin' Donuts. And they're kind of playing with words because when you say it fast, Dunkin' Donuts, it sounds like Dunkin' Donuts, you know, the man's name, Dunkin', which has very different spelling. So that's just a little bit about the verb to dunk. 
So my question for you is, uh, do you dunk? Do you dunk when you go to the coffee shop? Well, you might get some strange looks if you do. Uh, and there we are. That's today's verb. Okay, right. Let's move on then. So we're going to talk about motivation. Now, the reason why we're talking about motivation is because a few of you in our English classes have been telling me that you're really not uh, motivated. And I just want to go over a few points of motivation, okay? So, first of all, <clears throat> about motivation itself, those of you who know me, you'll know that personally, I don't believe there is such a thing as motivation and demotivation. Um, many of you tell me, oh, I was motivated today, but uh, I wasn't motivated yesterday. I think that's just very flowery language for saying that you didn't want to do something. By calling it demotivation uh, or not being motivated, it's just using a modern day psychological words to give yourself an excuse. But the idea is, if you want to do something, you'll do it. And if you don't, you won't. And that's it. Um, if you can watch TV for three hours a day, you're obviously motivated to do that. And if you don't study English during those three hours, then, well, uh, it's nothing to do with being motivated or not. It's simply a choice you've made. The more we get away from this basic fact and use words like motivation and demotivation, we kind of snowball it into a much bigger problem than it actually is. If you really find that you're not motivated or you're not doing your homework or your English, it's probably because of something else. Usually, it's because of stress and you need time to escape and relax. Learning English is a wonderful thing, but relaxing and joyful are not words that automatically come to mind when you're learning a second language, because for some people, it's hard work. Now, about motivation, there's a couple of things you can do to kickstart yourself back into learning. So, first of all, the biggest and most important thing you can do is to ask yourself, why am I learning? What is the point? Because if you don't really have a goal, like moving to another country or um, maybe getting a job with English speakers, you might find that you know you don't need to learn English, so therefore you just don't. That can be a big issue. Secondly, if you don't have enough time, hobbies tend to go farther down the list. Thirdly, if you're a creative kind of a person, creative people like me, for example, we, we don't respond well to deadlines and habits of academia. We need inspiration to do something. We need what they used to call a muse in order for us to be motivated to do something. 
It has to be like an inspiration. Um, that could be someone else's life. It could be a piece of art. For creative people, it could be anything. But we, we need something to motivate us to do things. So there could just be a basic uh, issue there with regards to how you learn. But to wrap it up and call it a problem with motivation, I think it's making something out of it which isn't there. It's indicating that maybe there's a mental health issue and 99% of the time, it's not that at all. It's usually about time management and it's usually about when you take time out, you know, if you're working too hard, English needs to wait until you've recharged your batteries. That's all. So these are just a few tips for you to think about. Um, this time of year is not the best time of year for people either. Many people feel demotivated. Many people feel that uh, it really is time to um, move on into the new year, but it's still, you know, the end of January, beginning of February, it's rough, you know. Uh, money is also tight at this time of year. We don't have a lot of spare money maybe to buy English lessons or books. So there's a feeling there that we don't really have the resources. One thing you can do immediately to get your motivation going, if you believe that it's a word you want to use, um, you can certainly think about how much English you can share with somebody else. Now, <clears throat> I know that many of you need books to be in front of you before you write or read. You need to have something around you to refer to. But really, if you think of a natural expression, how much English do you think you could express right now from your heart? Two words, three words, four? Yeah, and I'm sure in a relaxed atmosphere, you probably could get a lot more um, many more words, in fact, into a sentence if you were talking to a teacher. So my advice would be not to think about uh, how much uh, English you can get today, because there seems to be a feeling with many of you that learning English is all about nabbing words or stealing words. We covered the verb to nab a few days ago. Um, many of you think it's about nabbing words, catching words, stealing words from the book and getting them into your head. But you're not a parrot, you know, you're not a bird who's going to recite them unless you need them. So I, I don't agree with that way of learning. I think you need to let words find you in a conversation, for example, uh, when you come across new words, those are the ones you need. That's why they've come to you. See them as a gift. Take them and then immediately begin to use them. Another big thing um, with learners, of course, is confidence. And I hear again and again many of you telling me, Oh, teacher Joseph, I'm different. I know. I will never speak like a native. I know I will never speak like a native. 
And um, it's said with such conviction that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you are right. If you really do know that you never will, then you probably won't. And then I have the question, well, what are you talking to me for? Because if you know that your accent's never going to change, then why did you employ a teacher? So you see the conflict there. So you need to be very clear on what your expectations are. And if I'm telling you that your accent can't change, what's the point of paying me an amount of money just so that you can tell me I'm wrong? It's, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, does it? So you need to think about your priorities and also your own belief system about yourself. Because if you really believe you can't do it, then you won't. And no amount of telling me in perfect English that you can't do it is going to be helpful for yourself. Because many of you speak very, very well, but you just don't have any confidence, you know. And uh, it's really something to focus on. Many of you just need a basic confidence-building course. I used to think that I attracted neurotic students. I don't know why. I mean, I'm perfectly okay. Uh, just a little joke, of course. But, um, yeah, I think uh, some very basic assertiveness, confidence would be very useful in language learning. It's just about having the confidence to go out there and do what you want to do. And you don't need to be spending lots of money on books, videos, and teachers to get what you want. Learning should be the most natural thing in the world. Getting back to motivation, though, if you really, really feel that you're coming face-to-face -face with a language and you're looking at a wall that you really can't get into, there could be something deeper there. It might mean that you need to change your strategy rather than uh, just sitting there staring at the wall and crying. Um, it would be much better if you could engage in conversation, but maybe something a little bit more structured. Cover the basics. Start with the verb to be. And then slowly build on that. But I don't recommend you go through a book. Because if you're facing walls like the kind that I've just described, there'll come a point in the book where you can't go any farther. You just keep meeting these walls. Begin to look at your emotions. Begin to look at your language partners. Enjoy learning. Enjoy the laughter, the basic conversation. Don't be too hard on yourself with measuring either. Just let it carry you for a while. Yeah, an exam might be coming up, an exam might be in the future, but um, when you do come across this, this very uh, hard line, I describe it as wall, maybe you would describe it as a locked door, something that you don't seem to be moving on with. Some of you might say, well, let's just knock it down. Let's just keep pushing until we can get through it. I don't think so. I think it's better um, to look at your emotional strategy because that wall is probably something 
related to academia, like uh, a bit of grammar that you don't get, a uh, communication that, that didn't go well, something. And I think at that point, you need to look more at emotions. Perhaps it was something that a teacher said, something you didn't understand on a radio broadcast. And the next thing you know, this wall is there, assuring you that you're not moving forward. But if you take a moment to go back and revisit what it was that created it or caused that bad feeling, um, you probably find it was very simple or just even a, a misunderstanding. So that's something else to think about. But if you keep getting these walls, it's usually a call to change your strategy away from the book and more about communication with people, especially around things like laughter. Remember, education these days doesn't have to be like school. You know, it doesn't have to be facing the front all the time, as we've spoken about before. Well, my time is gone, so I hope you found this helpful. Let's talk again soon, and I wish you a wonderful day ahead. See you. Take care. Bye.